Welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we'll be discussing our favorite Trek headlines, shining a spotlight on the latest Star Trek series, and discussing everything we know and love from the Star Trek universe. All, of course, from a fan's point of view. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, we'll find out who's in and who's out at the Las Vegas Convention. We'll give you a quick user guide of navigating the Rio Hotel. We'll help you pick out wardrobes, the biggest trick geek in the universe. All this and more in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. Hey, Jenna, how are you? I'm fine, Bill. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's very warm. It's summery. Feeling like it's uh, it's the world again. Still cool here. Yeah. I have this little microclimate that I live in. It's still it's been in the sixties, so I can't complain. Oh, that's good. Better than sub zero. Do you realize that we only have fifty days until the uh, the convention in Las Vegas? I thought it was fifty one. Uh, it's fifty and some change, but according to the site, it's fifty because they're okay. countdown. Fifty days. Five zero. Wow, that's less than two months. It is. That's why we're focusing so much in this episode on the on the convention, on the con, as the kids like to say. Uh, and if you haven't got your tickets yet, the gold tickets are actually sold out, which I thought was interesting. Uh, must have been a lot of the people that kept them from the from the twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. So, so yeah, let's get into it. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. So yeah, like we said, fifty days until the convention. If you haven't got your ticket now, it's probably best. I still have my uh, captain's um, ticket from what would have been the twenty twenty convention. That's good for the twenty twenty one. As we mentioned before, gold is sold out, which is which is interesting because that's very expensive. Um, I think when you and I went, or when you met me at there, I had bought captain, so you bought captain. Right. What did you? Yeah, it was, they were pretty good seats. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed. I enjoyed where we sat. We were able to see everything, and yeah, um, yeah. I have a feeling since then, you know, every year you can stay and hopefully improve your your seat, even if you don't go up to to gold or back down to copper. And I've uh, I've moved forward a little bit. I think I'm in the the very first row of of captain, which is a. Uh, Okay, but it does mean there's people walking back in front, back and forth in front of you all the time. But you do have like no one like three inches in front of you, which is great because I like to take pictures. So many pictures. You do. You take wonderful pictures at that convention. Mm, thanks. I'm hoping right now the trekconvention.com site is is not up and running because I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. But I'm hoping that before the convention, I can um, I can get it up and start posting previous years and the year uh, this year when. Uh, when I'm there, uh, I plan on buying a new camera, which I hadn't expected would be so quickly. I'm like, oh, I have 50 days to buy a new camera. But uh, yeah, so one of the things that people always seem to get a little confused about is how to pick up your badge, because I think it's one of the few things that's not, at least it wasn't in the, the, the guide that I was just flipping through. I have the 2019 guide here. And of course, by the time you get a guide, you've already checked in. Uh, but it's down in the, uh, the, the uh, convention center inside the Rio Hotel, which is a, a bit of a maze. Um, but if you've come in through the front door, it's just kind of way off to your right is where the uh, the long, long, long hallway. I think I, I, I timed it once. It takes about f- 
four to seven minutes, depending on how quickly you walk to get all the way down that that long hallway past the uh, the Starbucks. If you look for the signs for the Penn and Teller Theater, that that'll get you well on your way. But yeah, there's a whole group of people, and expect the line the first day to be very, very long. I think uh, Gold and Captain can uh, pick up their tickets or pick up their badges the night before. But everyone else, it's uh, it's time for your first line of the convention. Uh, but there's a lot of fun events. Um, you enjoyed the. What did you enjoy? I should ask you first what you enjoyed most. I have a feeling I know what it is, but what did you enjoy? Well, I mean, I enjoyed the interviews and the the um, uh, the presentations from people, but I mostly liked the sort of the um, more interactive stuff. Like I loved click on karaoke. I thought that was the most fun ever. Um, and, uh, I really liked the, um, vendors room. So I bought, I spent a lot of money in the vendors room. There are so many neat things that are, that are there. Um, so that's what I enjoyed most. Yeah. And it's a huge vendors room. Um, huge vendors room. And they, they, they put it in what they call the Jean and Majel, uh, Roddenberry, um, exhibition hall. The Amazon ballroom. It's an enormous, I mean, it's a ballroom. It's, you know, if you've been to a hotel and convention centers, it's, it's enormous. And they quite literally have everything. I don't know. In the last few years, I don't know if they worked it out with CBS slash Paramount, but there's usually a large table in there promoting, uh, in the past couple of years, it's been Discovery, but um, I don't know. It'll continue to be Discovery or if it'll be Discovery and Picard or whatever. I don't think very many, if any of the stars from uh, Picard are going to be there yet this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's, there's that there too. And they do autograph signing there as well. Um, I, I enjoy the, the vendors room. I've always enjoyed vendor room cause I like to shop and spend money that I don't have, but, uh, the croaky was fun. And of course the best part of the croaky is they do serve alcohol cause they have it in Cork's yes. bar now, which makes, uh, some of the less than stellar, um, uh, performances just that much more fun. <laughs> They're not less than stellar. There's some They're folks that character. are. There's what? They're full of character. They are full of character. They're like a really small studio apartment. They're full of character. Yeah. Uh, and they're cozy. Uh, so, yeah, that's fun. And they usually have themed drinks. I forget what that. I think they had Romulan Ale or something one year or um, the James T, T-E-A, Kirk. Um, they're usually blue and colorful and things. So it's, it's, it's a fun bit. I, of course, as we discussed in a previous episode of this podcast, have an addiction to the photo ops. Um, a little thing that I have learned, and, and um, maybe this will be helpful to other folks, there's when you, and I'm not to poo-poo the people that run the convention, I think they do a fabulous job, but there's usually a, like a shipping fee for um, the photo op tickets, which come to you as a PDF, which you print and then, and then bring to the, and I they're kind of expensive enough. I don't want to, I don't want to burn a lot of my cash on, uh, on the, um, the shipping fee, especially since it's not really shipped. It's emailed to me. So, I mean, I understand they have to support the the system that makes the, the PDFs and the barcodes and keeps track of all that. So they're, they're covering their overhead. I usually buy tickets when I get there. That's one of the first thing I do is I just walk up for, to the little vendor table that's in the hallway outside the photo op room and just buy tickets. Uh, I do run the risk that means of somebody selling out, I think when Whoopi Goldberg was there, I bought them. Uh, I bought them in person. I'm sorry, I bought them ahead of time because uh, that was something that I was afraid would uh, would sell out, which it didn't. She had like about a thousand people buy tickets. I literally think it was over a thousand. So, uh, 
just a little tip from me to you. Uh, and as far as navigating your way through the Rio, it's it's a little hard to describe, but you know, if you have trouble getting around, the, the staff is very helpful. And like I say, if you point yourself toward the Penn & Teller Theater, you'll, you'll find your way to the convention area. Um, on the other hand, we were talking about this earlier, if you're a lover of diversity when it comes to food, you might be a little disappointed with the Rio. I think you and I ate a little Vietnamese like cafeteria-style plates with um, trays and things like that. Did we also eat at the Chinese restaurant? I can't even remember now. It's been so long we ago. We did. We, we ate at the Chinese restaurant, and Armin Shimmerman was there. Oh, that's right. I think he had like his family or friends or something. Yeah, he was he was seated at a table with a bunch of um, with a bunch of friends or family, and we didn't say anything to him. We didn't interrupt his his dinner, but he was right at the next table. I think. Yeah, yeah, that tends to happen, especially at the Rio. If there's very few places to eat, uh, you'll run into uh, cast and crew from the convention. There's also a little American kind of bistro place. They usually add a couple like specialty items to the menu and they, they take something that they normally make and they, uh, they add like, if you order a coffee you can get quote unquote rock to Gino or something like that, which is kind of fun. It's all, I mean, it's Vegas, so it's a little bit pricey for, for anything. So budget accordingly. I really enjoyed the buffet too. And I don't know if the buffet will be open because of COVID, but I, if it is, it's definitely good food and a lot of food for a fairly inexpensive price. Yeah. So, um, I would definitely recommend the buffet if you if it's available. Yeah. And a funny story, they had, uh, you know, I try to eat, even at a buffet, I try to eat meals in order with appetizers and dessert at the end. Uh, you're not supposed to take food out of there. I did stuff a couple cookies in my bag. The funny thing is, like, a year later, when I pulled open the bag, I still had the cookies in there, and I, I, I think I might have eaten them. I I remember your cookies. Yeah, that was my favorite memory from that buffet. Yeah, there were a lot of good, uh, a lot of good desserts. But um, anyway, what's next? Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. For those of you that have been following along the Creation Entertainment site, they've they've added a few stars, and a few dro- stars have uh, have dropped off the list because of conflict. Um, Doug Drexler won't be there. He's one of their visual. He's the visual effect artist. Um, Wilson Cruz apparently has a has a competing um, engagement, so he won't be there. Uh, he, of course, is uh, Hugh Doctor Colbert from uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Ethan Phillips won't be there, which is too bad because he's usually with the uh, the last night with the uh, the Rat Pack when they do their Star Trek uh, performances and they, he tells jokes and things like that, as well as being part of the other panels. And the biggest surprise for me was Mar- Marina Sirtis is uh, is not on the guest list this year. She's had to drop. The only thing I can think of, other than just having a conflict, is that uh, they're shooting Picard, and she may she may be in uh, in, in the Canada shooting that now because I think the Picard release is in 2022, so it might be that they're in production now, and and she or she can't get away. But that's too bad. I always like Marina at these. She's always fun. I do like Marina. Yes, she she has her presentations are always a lot of fun, and she's real high energy and uh, just a fun person to watch and to talk to. Yeah, she's not she's not terribly filtered. She says what what no. she she means, and she and Jonathan Frakes are fun together. Uh, and just the fact that she calls uh, Sir Patrick Stewart old baldy as uh, just a term <laughs> of endearment, I think is uh, is fun. But yeah, it's too bad that she uh, she won't be there. 
But uh, they have added a couple more people since the last time we were on. I think your favorite of this new list, he's number, his guest 118, is Bobby Clark. He played the Gorn. The Gorn. In the original series, yes. Uh, I think the first time I saw him, and I think that was the first time you saw him too, was at the, the Star Trek convention in San Francisco where he was on stage. I think that you had seen him ahead of time because you, you were telling me about him. And I'm, I, for some reason, got wholeheartedly um, excited in, in a way that was out of proportion to who this person really was. <laughs> and I was like, I was making us wolf down our lunch so that we could get back in time to watch the Gorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, very he's, excited. He's not a he's not a polished. You know, he's not an actor. He was a uh, uh, playing the gore, and I think he'd been a stunt man. And they put him in the costume because it fit, kind of a thing, and it needed to be kind of a stunt work. Uh, although, when you look at the the episode, the the fight between Kirk and the Gorn, the Gorn moves in really, really slow motion. So it's it's almost comical, but uh, it's a it's a it's a great episode, and and he did a good job at it. And he some he has some interesting stories. Uh, he always seems a little surprised that anybody would want to hear what he had to say. You know, fifty five years later, fifty years later. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's always uh, um, interesting to watch and and fun because he's like a regular guy that that got swept up in the 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 the, the Star Trek phenomenon, just a, a working guy. I think he he does, uh, does some teaching, and I know he had mentioned last time that he takes people out to the to the uh, the area in the desert where they had actually shot that episode. But so he was added, which to me I think adds a little fun factor and i didn't i guess i just assumed that he was going to be on anyway but walter koenig was is number 117 i i figured he'd be one of the first ones there but maybe uh with covid and um everything else he just was hanging back to figure out what was going on but yeah he's been at it so that's that's great um he and uh, i think he and shatner have have kissed and made up although they probably didn't kiss but uh yeah, so those are the those are the two big additions, and then the three losses I think are are too bad. Um, and I'm sure there's notes about uh, each of them uh, on the site as far as when uh, when and if they're doing f- uh, photo ops and autographs. Um, I know you usually get photographs, but do you also do autographs? I I don't. Um, I figure a photograph with with someone is is you know having their name scratched on it doesn't doesn't really appeal to me for some reason i mean i in the past i've uh i've been to events where um i've gotten things autographed um uh, ralph mcquarrie who is one of the um uh, visual design artists the pre-production design artists for a lot of films um was at something when i was uh, i was in san francisco when i got him to autograph a few things which is nice but generally i you know i don't i don't need their autograph for some reason i think one year i had a photo op i think it was my first year uh, getting one and I only had one or two photos taken and I, I didn't have anything to put it in, you know, the little plastic sleeves they give you that are very stiff because I had to put it on a plane. So I ended up buying an autographed photo of uh, Robert Picardo um, so that I could slip my other one in there. So I do occasionally have them. The ones I do get, and this is an interesting uh, thing for folks that have like the, the higher end tickets, the captain and gold, and I don't know about copper. Uh, but there is a uh, a giveaway as part of usually, and again, this has been in the past. I can't guarantee they do this in the future. But on uh, I think Friday and Saturday at certain times they'll announce it. 
uh, you can go up with the, your little the little ticket thing of a list of your your bonus material that you get as as a, a higher end ticket purchaser, and you can get an autographed uh, photo from. There's a lady there with you know three bins, and she says, you know, pick a bin, and she'll take it out and hand it to you. And one day, I think it's Star Trek centric um, autographs, and the other day, it's just autographed photos. She's like, you get what you get. I think last year I walked up, and it was the the general autograph day. And uh, I, I, I'm standing in line. I walked up, and she's like, pick one of the three boxes. And she said, I hope you like vampires, because they had a lot of uh, autographed photos from uh, one of the, the vampire, I think it was the Vampire Diaries or something, that had just, oh. they had just had a convention of that. And I, either they didn't sell well, or they just had a lot of them made. Uh, so, yeah, I think I got a, I have some from Once Upon a Time. Just random, random TV shows. So other than other than getting some, I don't I don't necessarily collect. Them. I don't throw them away when I get them, but I don't uh, necessarily collect them. Got it. <clears throat> Thanks for asking. One of the things I have done in the past, and uh, I I enjoyed it, but it, they they treat it differently now. Is they have one on ones. They have one on ones with um, with uh, the cast. Um, the First or second year I went, I think they had tickets to like having brunch or having breakfast with, and they had uh, some of the actors from from DS9 uh, were there, and there were like tables of ten, and there were like ten tables of ten and ten actors, so they they would each take a, take a table, and then they would chat with people for a while and and conversation and you know whatever, and then they'd move on to uh, they'd move on to another table. It was a little expensive. I kind of went overboard like my first couple conventions because I'm like, this is so neat, yeah. Um, and I've noticed now that they, I, I thought they had stopped doing it, but it appears that they do it now, but they auction them off. They put them on their, um, their creation entertainment, um, eBay account and they have auctions for them, which, which is good. I, I never seem to notice when the, when the auctions come up, but, um, but I guess they've done that and it's, it's fun. I was, I was telling you earlier that I had watched, uh, William Shatner's, uh, get a life documentary. Which, uh, if you blink, you won't see me, but I'm in it in a couple shots because I was sitting at a table with with a celebrity that he wanted to vi- uh, film. So um, I inadvertently got in into that. And the the woman that tells the sort of a sad story about her and her fiance was sitting at our table because uh, she had stepped away for a second and they they shot the scenes that she was in in the in the documentary and then came back and said I just talked to Terry Farrell and so she was very excited and we were very excited for her but that that's a that's a great thing to do too I like I say I I I always seem to miss when the auctions are and I probably spend enough money as it is but that's uh that's something that I that I used to enjoy very much so what's next convention corner convention corner convention corner and if you're looking for something to wear to the conventions, not only in Las Vegas or maybe just in your everyday life and you're not a cosplayer, there was an article in Fansided about uh, there's a company called Pop Funk that carries a number of like vintage uh, Star Trek T-shirts, uh, a number of them with, uh, you know, the Starfleet Academy and uh, very retro, you know, Ahura, and it looks very much like they would have back in the back in the day. Of course, the day would have probably been like the seventies, but uh, they're they're kind of fun. Like I say, these are for folks that don't that don't do cosplay. Personally, I'm not a cosplayer. I guess that's the official term. So these t-shirts appeal to me. Um, have you ever done cosplay? I haven't really done cosplay. No, I and I, I've got to admire the cosplayers at the convention. There are some amazing costumes at the convention. 
and people clearly put a lot of thought and effort into their to their look. Um, I think if I were to, to dress up, I would just come as a Bajoran because all you have to do is have the little nose and the earring, and you're done. Like any uh, any uniform you put on uh, works with the Bajoran look, so you don't have to dress up when you're like when you're dressing up as a Klingon. You have to yeah. put all of the prosthetics and the makeup and get it all just perfect. Right. On top of and a lot of a people do that. They do amazing work. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I watched Get a Life in that. They always seem to focus on the cosplayers. And there's one gentleman who uh, has built a, a, a Borg costume that is so very detailed. Um, it's just, you know, and I think the in the documentary that the particular year, and I think it was 2011, he won. Uh, I don't usually even go to the competition for the for the cosplayers. A, it's it's really crowded, and B, it's a great time to go to the vendor room and actually see things without there being a whole mess of uh, folks. But I'm not a, a cosplayer. Uh, now, having said that, I have bought stuff from uh, Anavos. Um, I'm hoping I I don't know, think I'm pronouncing that correctly because I don't think I pronounce anything correctly, but I do have a nice um, captain's. Um, I'm gonna call it a shirt. It's really the top of a captain's dress uniform. Uh, I have a, a blue uh, Star Trek um, science uniform from uh, Star Trek Beyond, the Star Trek Beyond series they did, and I have a gold uh, from Voyager uh, with the little zipper top, or I, th- I think it's actually a, a full zip. The downside of that is that I don't have the gray-ish, gray-blue mock turtle that's supposed to go under it, so um, I, I can't really wear it without that. Uh, so I'm... I had ordered it from from them, and they uh, they haven't produced it, or they either they've canceled the production, or they uh, just haven't gotten around to it yet. But it's been a few years, so I'm still looking to get one of those because that's a it's a fairly nice uniform, and I like the the little zipper bit. But again, the only time I have ever worn any of the stuff that I have is when they do the um, the concert. They usually have the Las Vegas Pops. The conductor is a, is a he's a big fan of the uh, the composers of a lot of the Star Trek film, like. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith and and things like that. So he it's a, it's fun for them to play. So they usually have a a concert and you're sitting around in the dark. So I figure what the heck I'll I'll put on a I'll put on a uniform. But yeah, no, I'm not a not a big cosplayer. That was a really long answer to a to a short question. But um, well, but you say you're not a cosplayer. But the truth be told, if you if you're showing up in an admiral's costume, you are a cosplayer. Yeah, you know, you may not be you may not be full on. You know, like you said, the Borg guy full-on costume but if you're dressing up like that that is considered cosplay yeah i do it sort of slipshod because i don't have pants that are regulation or any of that kind of stuff but yeah i guess i'm sort of a like a c level if there's a is the board guy and b is people that you know get the whole the whole outfit um then i'm like c because i you know i've got one piece out of a out of a full uniform but yeah from time to time and i do have uh a couple of the the rings that, uh, that I think QMX was selling the the Starfleet Academy rings, which I wear. Actually, someone accused me. Someone I work with had accused me of being a cosplayer because I wore the ring, and I'm like, that's to me wearing a ring doesn't really make you a cosplayer. But maybe I'm setting the bar too high. All right, what's next? All right. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Trek Convention podcast. Uh, one last thing there. For those of you that are into the convention scene, you probably already know this, but there's a site called fancons.com, which is easier to type than it is to actually say. 
that lists all the uh, upcoming conventions, both local and worldwide, which is uh, which is a great resource. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been you know canceled or postponed for the year. Uh, I do notice that uh, there's one in Perth. I just like saying Perth, if nothing else, um, which would be I would think would be fun to go to Australia for a convention. I know the one in Germany is like probably the largest one in the world, but uh, but that would be fun too. So that's it for this week. Um, once again, if you follow us on Facebook, thank you. And we're on Twitter. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we've got a little bit more time before the convention. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll see you at the next episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Are you enjoying the Trek Convention Podcast? Why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Just look for Trek Convention. And thanks for listening. The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .comsagogo. .comsagogo is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .comsagogo. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.